1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Let's pick up uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. We've been talking in recent days about how that we've been talking about what Christ has done for us and how we are right now seated with Father God in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 2, 6, and God raised us up with Christ. What tense is that? And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him, with the Father in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3, 1, since then you have been raised with Christ. What tense is that? You have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So these are accomplished works. This has already taken place. And it's like so much in the Word of God that our part is to hear about it, uh, believe it, confess it, and then take action on it. Go out there and take action on it. You know, I'm studying this week for the Holy Week Revival, and you see this all through the Word of God. For example, when, uh, when Gideon complained to God about his limited resources, the Lord said, go in the strength you have. Tell your neighbor, go in the strength you have. Tell the person on the other side, go in the strength you have. And so there's this thinking that I'm not ready, I'm not worthy, I can't. But that is because of not meditating on what the Apostle Paul wrote with regard to what Christ has done for us. He raised us up with Christ and seated us with him, with the Father in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You have been raised with Christ. So set your things on, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Then over in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Say it out loud, for the church. For the church. Again, for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So if you want to see how far off task the church is, just reread the book of Acts. Because when you look around at the church world today, it doesn't bear hardly any resemblance to the church in the book of Acts. And uh, I don't believe we're supposed to set our pattern by what's going on out here. We're supposed to set our pattern by what we read in the Word of God. So what Jesus did, he did for the church. He didn't do any of it for himself. What he did, he did for us. And since we are his body, all these evil and wicked influences are beneath our feet right now. Now, that doesn't mean we have authority over what's going on in Austin or Washington or the Supreme Court, you know. Uh, but it does mean we have authority over our bodies, we have authority over our homes and families, we have authority over our finances. I said Sunday that once somebody gets born again, the only ways in which Satan has to attack us are, is in our body, in our families, in our finances, 
or in our business. Uh, if Satan could come in the middle of the night and hit you over the head with a baseball bat, throw you in a potato sack, and take you to hell, he'd have already done that. So obviously he doesn't have that ability or that power or that right or that authority. So he does come against us in our bodies. He comes against us in our, well, he comes against us in our minds, comes against us in our finances, uh, our families. But a lot of this is based on, I didn't bring the reference tonight, but a lot of this is based on the ground we give him. I left off last Wednesday mentioning where Paul said, uh, neither give place to the devil. And the word there in the Greek is topos, from which we get our word topography. So don't give the devil a place. 40-something years back, uh, we were working in a church in Fort Worth while I was working on my master's degree at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And uh, there was a wealthy couple in the church, and they had spoken to me. I don't know why. I was like barely older than their kids. But they had spoken to me about trouble they were having with their kids. And they had an open house at their house, and we went. And uh, in the process of that, the wife gave us a tour of the house. Well, once I saw the teenagers' bedrooms, I understood the problem. Because they had given the devil a place. And uh, you guys don't miss the spring power lunch because I'm going to be discussing one of the greatest keys to success in life. And uh, it goes to this thing of hearing. And when your kids are listening to the wrong stuff all the time, well, it influences their life. Satan's not stupid. You understand that? He's wicked, but he's not stupid. So, of course, he dominates music. You know? I mean, of course. It's what he does. So, we are masters of these evil forces right now. We're not going to be. We're not fixing to be. It's not going to happen sometime out here in the future. We are masters of these evil forces right now. Now we don't come across them often at Faith Christian Center. And you, you do understand, right, that uh, you do understand, right, that when somebody likes their, their devil, there's nothing we can do about it. A minister taught me that early, and I've, I've learned that lesson uh, over and over. If somebody likes their devil, there's nothing we can do about it. But if somebody wants to be delivered, well, we have absolute, absolute authority in that situation. Amen. So Jesus did not defeat these powers for himself. He defeated these powers for us. And he did not fight that battle for his glory, but he fought that battle for our good. It's all for us. The problem is that we have failed to ascertain this. We have failed to understand this. The problem for all of us is, of course, that Adam sold us out via his sin of high treason. And that miserable seed of Adam is in every one of us. I mean, and it's a miserable seed. I'll tell you what. Oh, my, 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 my. And when, when, when unregenerate man does his thing, it is a horrible thing to behold. All this crime and everything going on with these governments. Uh, oh, my that miserable seed of Adam is in all of us. So 
Uh, there's no point in you acting like, you know, you popped out of the womb perfect. You got that miserable seed of Adam in you. And that is what the virgin birth of Jesus was all about because in the history of the world, Jesus is the only person who was ever born of a woman who did not have that miserable seed of Adam in him. And that's what the virgin birth was about because the Holy Spirit himself planted a seed in the womb of the Virgin Mary. You know, this is why the annual Bible reading is good. Uh, that's why the, there's a genealogy uh, of Jesus showing his royal lineage one way, but then the other. And, uh, you know, it, it's obvious when you study these things that it's, for example, being Joseph's son. He was not Joseph's son biologically, but he was Joseph's son legally. And the same thing could be true of all of it because he, was, he didn't have the seed of Adam in him. But legally, he was a descendant of Judah. That's why the scepter will never depart from the tribe of Judah. But he didn't have that seed of Adam in him because the seed planted in the womb of Mary was by the Holy Spirit of God. We know this from reading the Bible. And what did Jesus do for us? Well, he redeemed us, he defeated our enemy, and he put Satan beneath our feet. Now, I know what I'm teaching in these days seems different, but it's not. It's all in the Bible. It's all in the New Testament. The problem is it hasn't been taught. Colossians 1.13, for he has rescued us. What tense is that? He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into, the King James says, translated us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Now, you got to meditate on this. You have to meditate on these things until it just becomes a part of you. But I am no more in the kingdom of God standing here right... I'm no less in the kingdom of God standing here right now than I will be the day after I pass or the rapture of the church. I'm just as much in his kingdom right here right now. But we have to, to walk in that. We have to meditate on that. You can't hear it one time in passing, get it and walk in it. It takes a meditation. And uh, <clears throat> if you wonder why we do what we do uh, and the method to the madness, these guys that have champion builder groups or the people that teach Sunday school know what I'm about to say. You don't really understand something until you teach it. There's something about studying for it and teaching it that allows you to get a handle on it. And so just by doing this Wednesday night series and the one that preceded this Wednesday night series, the finished work of Christ, I think it was, I've been a little surprised at myself at my ability to walk in it. We flew back from Miami a couple of weeks back and uh, I was surprised. In the middle of the night, I woke up with a horrible pain in my leg. And, you know, if you go online and you look that up, well, that could be alarming. <laughs> and... Uh, and I didn't think a thing of it because stuff can't happen to me. So, you know, I just went back to sleep. And, and then a, a couple hours later, man, I mean, I, it woke me up a second time. And uh, it wasn't like a joint. It, it was uh, something else. And uh, I just spoke a handful of words to it, rolled over, went back to sleep. That's it. And haven't felt it since. I, I am astounded. Having taught the last Wednesday night series on the finished work of Christ and having taught 
this series on faith and prayer, which forces me to deal with it, cope with it, meditate on it, mull it over, chew it, you know, like the cow chews the cud. I'm amazed at my, I'm shocked at myself. But what will work for me will work for you. There's not like a special category of gene-only stuff. Amen. We're all, say it out loud, we're all believers believers. in the same gospel. gospel. We all have have the same word of God, the the sword of the Lord, Lord. and we all serve serve the same Almighty. Almighty. Amen. 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 So you have to hear it. You got to believe it. You got to meditate on it. You got to speak it. And you got, then you got to act like it's so. Amen. Yeah, that's awful. That's awful strong. And look, the numbers are back up. You really want me to go down that road? <laughs> See, this is the problem in the good times without praying about stuff. This is the problem in the good times with, you know, going to the clinic this is the problem in the good times of seeing the doctor at the first sign of trouble. Because, see, we got in that pattern. We got in that habit. And then along comes the COVID cult. You're in the suit. But if you learn how to walk in what I'm talking about. See, in other words, and I'm not saying don't go to a doctor. I'm saying give God a chance. See, here's what people do. They go to Dr. A, they don't like what he says. They go to Dr. B, they don't like what she says. They go to Dr. C, they don't like what, you know, it says. And so, and, and so when they get the bad news three or four or five times, then they go to God. Don't do that because every time, every time you, you go, you're, you're hearing stuff that's going to chip away at your confidence. So right out of the chute, give God a chance. I'm not saying don't go to a doctor. I'm saying give God a chance. Don't you want your husband to give you a chance? Amen. Don't you want your wife to give you a chance? Amen. Well, give God a chance. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying go, don't go to the hospital. I'm saying give God a chance. Go to God first. Amen. And I'll tell you something about him. You don't have to wear any doggone mask. And I'll tell you something else. Forget about it being cheap. It's free. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. And then you don't have to worry about whether your loved ones can come and see you or not because you're already healed. Amen. 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 Now, I want to be clear. We're not against medicine. We got medicine at the house. We're not against doctors. We got doctors in this church. We're not against going to see a doctor. I'm saying give God a chance first. Amen. That's what I'm saying. And if you learn to deal with it by the Word of God and by faith in the Word of God, well, then that that solves your problem, doesn't it? I said, doesn't it? Solves your problem. Amen. 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 I go to the doctor every time I can't get something healed. How many years has it been? (laughs) Well, how how do you know you're okay? Well, I'm standing here and and I, I got no pain. And then, and then they're so nefarious. They're so, man, they're so, oh my gosh. 
you know, they wanted to, they put me on statins and I did that for a while and I'd wake up and I mean, I, this, I'd hurt here, then I'd hurt there, then I'd hurt here, then I'd hurt there. And I said to the doctor, I said, man, I got this floating pain. That's common with statins. So now you need this other drug. And I said, no, 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 I'm out. And that's when I started eating oatmeal, which is, they call it gruel in England for a reason to take care, you know. Okay, but then I read just in the last 10 days about all the damage statins do. The number one prescribed drug in America, I guess next to painkillers and the damage it does. So guess what? You know, and these people have earned my distrust. I would rather go out and lay down under one of my 530 trees and believe God than I would to trust any of these people. Now, I'm not talking about a, a specific doctor, an individual doctor, a specific nurse, a, an individual nurse. I'm talking about the system. My, my, my. That nurse that testified at Senator Johnson's committee has done volunteer work around the world. And she said one of the reasons they don't want loved ones coming to see people in the hospital is they don't want to see the way they're treating people. And she, she said that she had, uh, she had done triage in Brazil out in the bush and seen people treated better than in the United States of America. They don't bathe them. They don't turn them. They don't feed them. I'm just saying, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And then, but, but, but don't be trying this stuff. Don't be trying this stuff if you don't have seed in the ground. Because Matthew 17, 20 says, if, if you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will. I just, in my mind, went to a second translation. It threw me. It, it will obey you. Move from here to there. If you have faith as a seed, I learned that from one of my fathers in the faith, Oral Roberts. You got to have faith in this as a seed. You got to have a seed planted. You have to have skin in the game. You have to show God that you actually are a believer by what you do. The real juice, to tell you the truth, I don't. You know, I'm like off the chain anyway. Is is all in. That's that's the power. When you try, ever, let me see your hand if you try to diet. I got my hand up. How many of you, you know, in other words, how much power is there in trying something? No, you just, you just go all in. And that's when the power comes along. Colossians 2.15, and having disarmed, what tense is that? And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. So everything you read in the last two-thirds of Deuteronomy 28 that's a curse 
you have been delivered from that. Anything you read in the latter two-thirds of Deuteronomy 28 that's listed as, listed as a curse, when it comes along in your life, you have every right, according to Galatians 3, to stand against it and to take authority over it and tell the devil he's got no right to put that into, in your life. Amen. Because you have, say it out loud, I have been delivered, have been delivered from the curse of the law. Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us, past tense, in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Now, we're not teaching about prosperity here tonight, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with it since I'm here. He redeemed us in order that. I'm 66 years old, and in my entire lifetime, I have never heard anybody except me Teach on those words. And that, frankly, is ridiculous because when the New Testament says he redeemed us in order that, it seems to me that ought to be a category one a topic for study, teaching, and preaching. He redeemed us in order that. Amen. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, don't you think that we ought to go to church and find out why he redeemed us? Yes. But in, I mean... Since I gave my life to Jesus in Sunday school at Nevada and Van Dyke Avenues in Detroit, Michigan in 1960, I have never heard a sermon on those words in my life unless I was preaching it. Then, frankly, that's ridiculous. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. And people don't stop and think. Abraham was not born again. Abraham did not live one day of his life born again. Abraham did not have a recreated human spirit. Abraham did not have his sins washed away by the blood of the lamb because there was no lamb. So if this man was a natural man only, how could God bless him? He was not a spiritual man. So how could God bless him? See, we read that and we think goosebumps. We read that, we think falling out. We read that, we think, uh, you know, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Abraham was not a spiritual man. He did not live. You have no idea how blessed you are. You have no idea how privileged you are. I mean, Abraham did not live one day of his life as a saved man. So if he was not saved if he was not born again if he didn't have a recreated human spirit how could God bless him there was only one way naturally and that's exactly what the body of Christ gave up are you thinking are you mad at me or are you you know I'm having trouble you know did I offend you? No. The blessing. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Yes. <laughs> and I've caught more hell over this. I mean, I'm telling you, in my time preaching, the God, I, I, mean, I mean, you add everything up and it doesn't equal this. Who does he think he is? Well, I'm, I'm the redeemed of the Lord, and I, I'm walking in the blessing of Abraham. I mean, and, and from what I can tell reading the New Testament, this is normal Christianity. Amen. Amen. And what I've created 
You know, Tiff Shuttlesworth worth, preached his whole lifetime doing one and two week meetings in churches and comes in here, preaches on a Sunday morning, a Sunday morning, a Sunday morning. And the offering was the biggest offering he'd ever had in his entire lifetime. That's what we created here by teaching the blessing of Abraham. Amen. Amen. It just amazes me. You know, David Yonggi Cho would talk about this uh, before he passed away, that he he served on the boards of Bible schools. And and he he was uh, so irritated because he'd go and he would hear, he would send his students, you know, the biggest church in the world. So he'd have students at all these Bible schools and they'd come back and they'd report that it's anti-faith, anti-success, anti-prosperity. But he said because he sat on the trustee boards of several Bible schools, he noticed that all those same professors wanted a raise every year. You know, it's, it's a blessing for me and not thee. <laughs> he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So now we have the promise of the Spirit. So it's a whole package, man. It's the whole enchilada. It's John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The book of Hebrews specifically says we have a superior high priest. The book of Hebrews says specifically that we have a superior covenant. The book of Hebrews says specifically that we have better promises. Yet Christians consistently get inferior results in the natural than the children of Abraham. And it's it's because they haven't been taught. It's because they're rebels. It's because they don't want to obey. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's all of the above. Galatians 3.29, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So, see, then you got this another group of Christians out here, and they're saying, well, that's Old Testament. That's, that's Old Testament. <laughs> well, see, now Galatians 3.29 tells me that if I belong to Christ, anybody here belong to Christ? If I belong to Christ, then I'm Abraham's seed, not his natural seed, but I'm his spiritual seed, and heirs according to the promise. So any promise that applied to Abraham applies to me. I can go back there, I can hunt and search, and I can find word in the Old Testament, and, uh, and it applies to me. I can claim it. I can name it. I can claim it. Amen. I can walk in it. So when is the church going to take all this in? You know, I got a, <laughs> I got a couple of... Uh, nice audio messages from uh, a young man, Word of Faith guy. Very nice. I think he's just being polite. And uh, But it, it's appalling to me. You know, when we started in 1984, uh, the country was full of these faith churches. But I look across the country today, I think I could name them on one hand. And I don't know if you have realized, but all of the showmanship is not, we lost our country. What good has it done? And uh, taking the word, the Bible out of sermons, and instead of singing about the cross, singing about uh, saving the oceans and all of this nonsense, what, what has it produced? 
When I was a young man, I would read the words of Jesus. Is that Luke 8, 18? When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? When I was a young man, I would read that and think, what's he talking about? Because, you know, when we got married in 1976, man, there's just faith everywhere. But in 2022, I mean, I'm right there with him. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? I mean, we got a lot of faith, but it's not in Jesus. We got a lot of faith, but it's not in the Word of God. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm so like laid back and easygoing because what, what he's saying to me, I'm not even going to go there. The stuff people believe. The stuff people believe. It is astounding what people believe. So the knowledge of what we call the Pauline revelation should become as common among believers and as usable as the multiplication table. Now, when has the multiplication table ever failed you? But they don't even teach it in public schools anymore. When has the multiplication, I mean, when has it ever failed you? When has three times three not been nine? And see, we have this mentality with regard to the promises of God that, well, maybe it'll work or maybe it'll work sometimes. As long as we have that kind of approach to the promises of God in the New Testament, well, we're going to get those kind of results. A lot of Christians are no different than somebody in Vegas. I don't know how people act in Vegas. I took Sue to see the uh, Death Valley, and uh, we're coming across into Arizona, and we stop in Vegas for gas. And she said, I'm hungry. I said, too bad. I said, because I said, you know, I said, it's just the way things work. We'll stop for lunch, and then, you know, people be talking about how, you know, we're vacationing in Vegas. Yeah, but I'm hungry. I said, well, you know, we're at a gas station. Get a hot dog. And, uh, and so, man, then we get back in that uh, Porsche convertible, and, man, man, we were hauling to get over to Arizona to eat. And if you've ever done that across the Hoover Dam, well, there's nowhere to eat for hours. So she, but she's sitting there, so she made it. <laughs> so I don't know how people act in Vegas, but I think that that is the mentality of a lot of Christians, you know, just, well, hoping this this, this going to happen. No, 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 no. It, we need to meditate on the Word of God. We need to get the Word of God into our hearts. We need to, we need to rehearse it to ourselves instead of all of this hooey that is out here in the news and it's just amazing to me. So this week, I mean, literally, they're saying at the White House and the CDC, the science has changed. (laughs) (laughs) On masks. I mean, how... Stupid. Do you have to believe that science changes? Come on, Pastor, preach. (laughs) 
you know, H2O, two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen, that's how you get water. Uh, that ain't going to change. <laughs> and you can have an idea, theory, opinion, but you test it, you try it, you have a hypothesis, you test it then, and you don't get mad about somebody else testing it because if it's science, somebody else can test it and come up with the exact same results. You don't need to silence them. I mean, but literally, 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 this is the, I want you to be believers in the New Testament because it is astounding the hooey people are believing out here. They actually think that everybody's so stupid they can stand up and say the science has changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Doesn't that make you happy? Shout out loud. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, I'm just so happy that when I go to him in prayer in the morning, I don't hear him say, well, you know, the word's changed. <laughs> so this is, this is a sure thing. Dad Hagen used to teach this. There's no chance to it. There's no luck to it. It's a sure thing. But someone has to pioneer getting this word out here. Someone has to begin to teach it. I mean, I'm teaching it. And I know one or two or three others teaching it, but it's not like it was 40 years ago that it was common. Jesus defeated Satan on our behalf. Look at Ephesians 1.22. And Jesus put Satan under our feet, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church. Say it out loud. For me. Because we're the church. We're the body of Christ. We're the people of God. So what he did, he did for us which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now, let's deal with that second phrase, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Would you venture to say that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the fullness of Jesus Christ in the earth today? We're a long way from that. You know, they try and not tell me stuff, but somehow it just seeps out. Austin was talking about some guy, you know, preaching barefoot to get more views. Uh, Vicky Gonzalez calls them jackass episodes. You know, she said, we're holding church. Some of these people are doing jackass episodes. See, my job is not to entertain you because there are entertainers out there. See, if you want to be entertained, why would you come here? My job is to get, give you what you can't get elsewhere. And what you cannot get elsewhere is the Word of God. That's my job. Because if you want to be entertained, you can be entertained. There's, there's entertainers out there. Now who they are, I don't know. Because in my day, you know, we actually had entertainers. But they're, uh, I don't even know who these people are. You know, I hear names and they act like I'm supposed to know who this is. I don't know who these people are, you know. 
I don't even know what talent they have. You know, I can watch it two minutes. And did I mention guys don't miss the uh, spring power lunch? It's the key to everything. John 1.16, from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Say it out loud. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. And the same thing is brought out in Colossians 2, 9, and 10. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Do we even understand this? You have been given fullness in Christ. Tell your neighbor, you have been given fullness in Christ. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you have been given fullness in Christ. You know, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, uh, I don't know what adjective to use, trite. Back in the day when people wore the bracelets, uh, what would Jesus do? But it, it, the statement was good, but it kind of got trivialized. But that would be a good thing for us to do when we're confronted with somebody who's sick or somebody who lost their job or you know, what would Jesus do? Austin sent me a horrible article. It talks about how the, the government paid preachers, paid, paid influential Christians to propagate the message that Jesus would wear a mask and Jesus would get the shot and all this stuff. It, it's just, apparently nobody actually believes the Bible. Because since I'm a Bible believer, even if I was tempted to do something, I wouldn't do it because, you know, I fear him. And I don't want to live like this my whole life and then end up in hell. But apparently people, you know, they say they're Christian leaders, they say they're ministers, but apparently they don't, they're not even believers. To take money to deceive God's people. And of course, you know who does that? Anti-prosperity people. Because if they, were, if, they were, if they were teaching the blessing of Abraham, well, they wouldn't need somebody to hand them a bribe. That's a bribe. When you take money to mislead people, that's a bribe. But what does Paul say? For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. You have been given fullness in Christ. You have been, give, you have been given. What tense is that? Past tense. You have been given fullness in Christ. Do we walk like that? Do we talk like that? Do we behave ourselves like that? You have been given fullness in Christ. Amen. I'm t- now, I know it's a high bar. But this is what the Word says. See, our our aspiration shouldn't be to act like the world and talk like the world and live like the world and you know, our aspiration ought to be what the Word of God says is ours. Amen. It belongs to us. Amen. I ought to have it. Amen. 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 So he's not only our fullness, but we are to be his fullness. The word faithful means exact representation. He's not only our fullness, but we are to be his fullness. We represent him. We represent him. 
So the word fullness comes from a Greek word that's almost untranslatable and it's almost unpronounceable. I'm going to do my best here. Peplerometoi, which means completeness, perfectness, or made complete. That's past tense. We have received of that fullness. That fullness has filled us. And can't you see what masters we ought to be of demonic forces? They are beneath our feet. Let me give you this verse and we'll wrap it up. 2 Corinthians 2.14, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Not fear, Amen. not fear, Amen. the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumphal procession. But I remember, you know, when November of 2020, we, we were down to owing $35,000 on all of this. And, uh, and the wonderful couple in the church said, well, we can't stand it. And they, so they, they gave us $35,000 to pay it off. And, uh, but who do you tell? See, that's, that's, see, there ought to be, there should be countless people that would rejoice with you, but there aren't. There aren't. Because people are living in such defeat. And we're, we're blessed, and it's from what we're teaching and preaching. Because of what we're teaching and preaching, see, you're, you're hearing it, and you're walking in at least part of it. How's your wife doing? She's blessed and healed. We need to learn how to speak to a thing rather than complain about a thing. We need to learn how to speak to a thing rather than repeat what the devil's saying about a thing. Amen. And don't be talking about how you can't afford this or you can't afford that. You know, just be saying... You know, that the money's coming and, and I, I, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Say it out loud. That's Philippians 4.13. 4, I, I can do all things through Christ, things through Christ who, gives who gives me the strength. Again, I can do all things, do all through, things Christ through Christ who gives me the strength. Me the strength. One more time. I can do all things, do all through, things Christ through Christ who gives me the strength. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.